Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off podcast. We are Katie and Beth, PAs and doctors of medical science who are here to help you get accepted into PA school, get through PA school, and then have a thriving career as a PA. So if you're a pre-PA, a PA student, or a physician assistant, then you are in the right place. We are so happy you are here and so excited for your future. Before we get started on today's exciting episode, we want you to take a deep breath, close your eyes, and imagine the day when you finally and confidently submit your CASPA application, an application that you are super proud of and that sets you apart from the thousands of other applicants. Then imagine the day you open your inbox and you see not one, but two, then three invites to some of your favorite PA programs. Then imagine your interview day. You go into your interview confident in your answers and confident that you are a competitive candidate. You crush your interview and wow your interview panel. Finally, imagine the day you receive the email, the one you have hustled for so hard and for so many years, the email that says, congratulations, you were accepted into PA school. This can be your reality, and our entire mission is to help you get accepted to PA school as quickly and painlessly as possible. Through our years of working at PA programs, reviewing CASPA apps, and interviewing candidates, we saw so many applicants make mistakes that cost them an interview or acceptance into PA school. We don't want this to be you. We will mentor you and guide you through the overwhelm of applying to PA school, creating a competitive application, and nailing your interview so you can finally get accepted. We show you exactly how in our application to acceptance course. Check it out in the show notes. Where will you be in one year if you don't take action? Don't waste your time and money reapplying. Charge forward and go all in on your dream of becoming a PA. You are so close. Don't stop now. Let's get you accepted. Again, check out the application to acceptance course in the show notes. Now on to today's episode. Thanking and welcoming Haley to our podcast today. So Haley, we really appreciate you being with us today. First off, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in Germany. Hi, thank you for having me. I am... Uh, MedEx PA graduate, and my husband is a military active duty service member with the Navy. So we actually ended up in Germany on active duty military orders in Stuttgart. And so I know that you are a PA, you certify PA, as you said, you went to MedEx. Um, so what is it like working as a PA in Germany? Yeah, it's been really interesting to say the least. Um, I've actually held two positions here. I work currently for the military as a like a American Red Cross volunteer clinician. So I do PA work in their primary care clinic. But um, to pay the bills, if you will, I actually took a moonlight position off post and worked for a German practice and did PA work in a primary care, acute care type um, outpatient center. Here in Germany, they separate family medicine and pediatric medicine. There's a lot of legal requirements to work in both. And so um, I was working originally in family medicine, but then actually got sponsorship to work in pediatrics for a short while too in outpatient medicine. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what is the healthcare like in Germany? Did you have to get a license for this? Do you have to speak German? Like, really interested in this. Yeah, um, so the healthcare in Germany is a national health system. This is something that you maybe have heard from your UK people that you've interviewed. It's pretty common out here in Europe to have nationalized healthcare. And so Germany is no exception. They have a government-run healthcare system, and there is um, nationally insured patients and privately insured patients. A lot of the expat um, American community, military community, and even immigrant um, expat people from other countries are mostly privately insured. So um, when it comes to working in Germany, 
there are there's a big market, if you will, for English speakers or that speak multiple languages because the privately insured patients really help fund the healthcare system, and most of them are either native English speaking or English is the mutual language because they come from the Middle East or Asia or other countries like this. Um, there is a requirement that you speak German. It's interesting because in Germany, the United States actually founded the profession here. So um, Germany has the warm reciprocity for American licenses. You are allowed to transfer your license from America to Germany without resitting for any exams. You don't have to take boards. You don't have to redo any schooling. All you have to do is undergo basically a background investigation. You have to give proof of your education. And then you have to, over a period of two years, pass a B2 German language exam and a C1 medical German exam. Um, but they give you a two-year grace period where you can learn the language and get there on your own time. But you do have, um, I would say, some sort of protection to practice while you're getting the language requirement, which is a huge benefit for military families or people that are here as expats um, because you can work and support your family and it gives you time to get that language skill under your belt. So in order to get that language skill, are you taking classes or did you know German beforehand? How is that working? No, not at all. Um, I have a German name, but it tends to be coincidence. Um, I actually had no German language background before we moved here. But um, we live in town uh, off the military post and my children go to German school. So we kind of learned out of necessity. Um, my children were going to full-time German school and they needed to catch up very quickly. And I had to catch up in order to help them assimilate, help them with homework, help them with questions. And uh, so we just started learning because we were living here. And then when I went to work, I wasn't really a full B2 level just yet. But there were so many American patients in my local area that the practice I was working for on the German side had a big interest in having a native-speaking English clinician. And so I mainly worked with native English-speaking patients, but then, you know, it's a national health system, so there's patients all over the place, and everyone's speaking many languages, and you just end up having to learn some German. You have to, we have Spanish-speaking patients and French-speaking patients, and so you just kind of do as best you can in as many languages as you can grapple with. Um, but I most I started out working with mostly English speakers and then kind of branched into um, little, I mean, minor things with German speakers, UTIs, cough congestion, concerns, things like this. Nothing really too deep and complex. So I noticed that you said, you know, you graduated from medics and you worked over there as kind of an urgent care slash primary care and also a little bit of pediatrics. Was that your specialty before you moved to Germany or is that something you picked up overseas? No. So before I came to Germany, I was working in pediatric primary care with Kaiser Permanente. And I've actually only been trained in pediatrics even prior to PA school. So adult medicine was never in my skill set. Um, however, the COVID-19 pandemic really changed a lot all over the world. And at Kaiser, in the height of the pandemic, I did a little bit of acute care, adult medicine access. And then here also, there is a big need for pediatric care, like there is everywhere. But with the COVID-19 pandemic hitting the adult population pretty hard, um, there is actually a crisis and healthcare shortage of nurses and workers. So part of my position was to help surge coverage in outpatient centers because the nurses were being pulled from the outpatient clinics into the hospital to care. So um, I kind of got pushed into adult medicine, if you will. It's something that 
there was a need. And so everyone kind of adapted, even if you didn't work in primary care. Um, but that was not my training whatsoever. So on top of learning German, which was really hard, <laughs> I had to learn adult medicine. And on top of that, I mean, everything, the EMR is different. How people communicate with each other is different. And the medications are very different. I really thought when I started working here that I would just be speaking the language of generics and that everything would be mutually understood. You know, we're both first world nations. We're Western medicine-centered cultures. And uh, it's not like that at all. We practice medicine very, very different, and we have access to very different medications here in Germany. And there was a really steep learning curve with that. So I love your sense of adventure. Not only do you move to a new country, but then you also decide to take a job, not only just with the military base where you'd be speaking English and in a system that you know, but you decide to take one on the economy with the locals. I think that that is so amazing and I just applaud your sense of adventure and you really just epitomize what you can do as a PA and how flexible you can be and just how amazing the profession is. Okay. Yeah, I gotta let you know that um, the PA profession here is just booming. I think the only reason I was successful being as rickety as I was, you know, a younger PA, a non-native German speaker, you know, new to adult medicine, the only thing that made me successful was that um, the local practice I worked with was really interested in PAs, and they invested a lot in training me and being patient with me. And the reason they did that really is because um, the doctor I worked for had worked outside of Germany, and he thought that PAs, he was very interested in PAs. And he had actually just hired his first German PA when he hired me, and he was training two other employees to be PAs. And it's really just taken off here. Um, I can definitely say that working with the local doctors, there's a lot of interest in what I do, a lot of respect for what I do. And they're trying to really model what the U.S. has accomplished so far in terms of mid-level providers and restructuring their health system. So that's really interesting. What do you know about the PA education in Germany? Because I know that the physician education is not the same um, as it is over here. So what do you know about the differences in the PA education? I know actually quite a bit because a German PA had been brought on board the same time I had been brought on board. And then two of my colleagues were training to be PAs as PA students, if you will. But here in Germany, they work full time and go to school full time. It's like an internship type program. So I we, we did a lot of talking, uh, me and my coworkers, about what are the differences in our training. And the German PAs go to, um, it's a bachelor's degree here, the equivalent of a bachelor's degree. So they go to school full-time and they train full-time. It's two to three-year program, I believe, same as us. But um, what's interesting about PAs in Germany is that most of their training is around hospital work and surgical work. Um, PAs, at least at where I am in Schwabia, which is the southern part of Germany, they have not really branched out into outpatient clinics. Where I worked was a little bit unique that they were pretty open-minded about PAs, but most of the jobs you'll find here in Germany are hospitalist PAs or surgical PAs. But they do, some of the big differences are like human care. They don't train specifically in pediatrics. They're only trained in adult medicine unless they get an extra certification. They have more surgical and emergency medicine more than I was. But I had a much stronger primary care background. Like I was more trained in seeing patients and doing primary care preventative medicine, whereas they were doing fast exams and being surgical for assistance as their general training. Um, so it's a little bit different, but 
to be honest, when it came to what we were doing on a daily basis, our jobs were the exact same. We just had different strengths, I think, in our training. So where do you see the PA profession heading in Germany? If you can speak to that, do you see them like maybe perhaps because they're having success with PAs in primary care and urgent type care, kind of moving some of the curriculum there? Or where do you see that going? Yeah, it's really booming, I have to say, um, because I, I worked in a practice, like I said, that was a little bit more open-minded than a lot of the, uh, oh, the healthcare system here is a little bit more traditional. It's still um, a male-dominated hierarchy. It's still physician-dominated hierarchy. Um, but it's, it's really changing because just like America, they're having huge waves of immigration here in Europe. We have right now, Ukrainian immigration is very, very high volume, but before that they've had Syrian immigration. There's people that come to these countries from all over the world because there's a good social network system and good healthcare system. And so they're dealing with that surge by trying to introduce mid-levels and they're having really good success, you know, because the doctors, at least the ones that I've worked with anecdotally, you know, they're realizing that they can see, you know, 50, 80 patients in a day, right? They're very busy. They have a little bit different structure how they see patients. They see a high volume of patients, but if they hire two or three PAs, they can really triage some of those UTIs. They can do some biopsies. My physician had found out I had well woman skills. And so he had me just running a well woman clinic. And the volume of people we were able to see pretty much doubled because he had two people able to do the same amount of work. Um, and he was there, you know, he was there as a supervisory role. He was there to help guide um, more complex patients. But it really expanded his capacity. And I've seen other practices just by consulting outside physicians that are really curious about PAs and have said that, you know, especially American trained PAs, we have a really good reputation for being skilled here and uh, just lots of interest in the profession. And the, P the patients alike are very, they're very happy. They have good quality care. And I don't think anybody has ever questioned my capabilities because I had a mid-level license rather than rather than a physician license. But it's really, it's catching on and it's, um, it's all over. It's in Denmark, UK. I mean, PAs are popping up all over the place here and there's a lot of support, which is, is nice because it's, it's kind of new here. I think it started in 2015, no, 2005, I think was the first PA program. So it's fairly new. So what about the patients? So even over here in the United States, every once in a while, we get someone who's like, what's a PA? Obviously, that's more and more rare because our position is pretty established here. But do the patients know what a PA is in Germany? No, not really. <laughs> um, it, like, like I mentioned, 2005 was when P school, the first PA school opened here. And I actually have been involved also with nurse practitioner education, which is starting to take hold here. But mid-levels are very, very new. And the, especially, I worked with an older German population, um, being at a private practice in a suburban community in Germany. Um, it's, it's not common knowledge what a PA is, but I wouldn't say that people had any sort of, I mean, maybe I didn't understand German well enough to talk, maybe if there's a little bit of judgment, but I, I never felt like the patients had any trouble. I think in general, people just want to be listened to and people want to be treated. You know, just because we're a PA and we have, you know, a different level of training doesn't mean that the patients expect a different level of care. If they have a pneumonia, they want to be treated for the pneumonia, regardless of who sees them. And they have the same expectations for us. Um, I'd say most people were actually really interested because they had never heard of it. And also because I came from another country. So they would ask about my training and 
you know, English background. And I think that patients, I never had any trouble here. I, I don't know if I had any trouble in the U.S. either before. I think it just depends on the person. So switching gears a little bit, we know that Germany has a nationalized healthcare system. You've told us about that. What about reimbursement? How does that work as a foreigner, I guess I should say, in Germany, working in a German healthcare system? This is the part where a lot of people are going to be really sad because I'm involved in PA communities in the United States and the salary we make in the U.S. is very, very high. Um, when you're a national healthcare worker, your salary is going to be a lot different. Medicine is not necessarily a profession that's very lucrative outside of the United States. Once you leave those private healthcare systems um, and you go towards nationalized medicine, medicine is really kind of a humble career, even for physicians. The physicians I was working for were making about 200,000 euros a year, and they were very wealthy. And then PAs, I was making about 15 euros an hour. I would say like a seasoned PA is making about 25 euros per hour, which is pretty poor. They don't do RVU reimbursement. The reason the salary is so low is because there's not a lot of mm, excess money in national health care. For the national health system, we have to impanel to us, if you will, for primary care. And we only get reimbursed 30 to 40 euros per patient every three months. And that's if you see them every day for the three months, or if you see them not at all. It's the standard reimbursement for the practice is 30 euros every three months for one patient. So it's just keeping the lights on in a practice is really difficult, which is why um, a lot of German practices are recruiting uh, native English speaking clinicians and they're recruiting private patients because private patients will reimburse three to four times what a national um, health patient will reimburse for the same type of care. So the German practices are really starting to shift their focus to catering to privately insured patients and expat patients because it's the only way they can really make a profit because it's it's just structured very differently than the U.S. And it's not to say that our quality of life is poor. I mean, there's the social programs and kindergartens and all these things that make your quality of life just fine on a lower salary. But if you if you count the numbers here compared to the U.S., it is quite shocking. Yeah, and I think that we've interviewed different PAs in different parts of the world, and that's pretty um, pretty accurate for for most PAs compared, you know, to the salary of American PAs. So what is your plan? Is your plan to stay in Germany for the next few years and continue this? Or do you have any idea, I guess, being a spouse uh, of a military man that you might not know, but <laughs> do you have any idea? Yeah, that's a great question. I've learned to let go of my control of just about everything because our where I go and where we go as a family is really dictated by the government. So we've talked that we would love to live here. I think I actually do a lot of... Um, I help onboard a lot of PAs coming to Germany because I've worked off post, I've worked on post, I know all the, how to network them with the processes for each. And I'm really encouraging people to, if they're interested, to come give it a try because it's a, it's really booming here. The quality of life in Germany is just fabulous. I mean, we, it's so safe and clean and organized and you have access to so many other countries so easily. It's a great place to live and it's a great place to have a family. So we've talked about wanting to stay here forever. Um, if we did stay here, I would certainly branch into probably a hospital system and try to work that angle for a little while just to experience it. But the reality is that with um, what my husband does, we probably will have to leave in about another year and potentially go back to the U.S. or maybe to Asia. But that's why I chose to be a PA is because it's a career that I can really flex. 
And I have certainly needed to do that, but it's all, it's all the blessing that I have a generalist license and, you know, that I have skill sets to work in many different fields. So, yeah, I think that that's really smart. And I don't know if you knew this going into PA school, but you're right. If you know that you're going to have to be flexible, maybe even live in different countries, definitely, you know, all around the world, that being a PA is one of the best careers you could have because you're right. It is so flexible and there's so many more PA schools and it's not always called physician assistant uh, everywhere else, but you know, the, the actual profession is expanding so greatly. Um, so that's very exciting. One last thing, do you have any tips for any students maybe who are so interested in your story and say, hey, I want to go to Germany, I want to go overseas, about how to get started with that if they are already a PA? Yeah, um, I would encourage people to do it. I mean, it's, I mean, working outside of your culture and outside of your native language is something that's really difficult, but um, goodness, it really just opens your mind in terms of how did it, we across the world we're approaching the same pathologies, but we we have different styles in doing that. Analyze medications differently. Have different styles of approach. Um, have different how to approach the patient that comes from a different cultural understanding of medicine is something that you can carry with you no matter where you go. Because even working in the U.S., you're going to be dealing with patients from Asia, from Europe, from South America, from from the Middle East and having some of that mindset really, I think, makes you a better provider. Um, I would say that if people are coming to Germany, the first thing to do is to, um, you basically contact your state licensing committee and you tell them that you're American licensed and they give you the steps. And it's gonna vary by state, but in general, the steps are that you submit proof of your education, you undergo a background check, and then plus or minus, you have a physician or a practice that's willing to sponsor you and hire you. And then um, they give you a two-year grace period, basically, to do all this stuff. And you can practice and work. And that's been that's a huge asset because my German PA colleagues, who are German PAs, they cannot do this if they go back to the U.S. So a lot of us have mutual communities where they are married to a service member or where they're English speaking, so they want to practice in the U.S. particularly for the salary, and it's not the warm reciprocity is not a two-way street when it comes to the United States. So, I mean, if you're an American licensed PA, take advantage of these opportunities to go and promote the profession in other countries and to learn a new language and to learn a new skill set. It's difficult to do with the language barrier, but it's not impossible, and it really, I think, it really makes you a better PA to be to have different experiences under your belt because our patients are coming, they're not all coming from the same background. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that, again, that just speaks to your sense of adventure and your flexibility, and I absolutely love that. Um, so, Haley, thanks so much for coming on our podcast today and sharing all your tips and all your experience. Super fascinating. We'll need to catch up because I have no doubt that um, someday you'll be over in Asia or be over somewhere else and just promoting the PA profession even more overseas. So we will definitely keep in touch. And thank you again for sharing all your stories. Yeah, thank you for your time. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coat Come Off podcast. We are so excited for your future as a PA student and a PA. Don't forget about our upcoming resume and CV workshop on July 14th and 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Check it out in the episode notes. Again, keep up the awesome work and we'll catch you at the next episode.